When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Member of the Asa Collective Women's Podcasting Network. Ghost stories are always scarier when they're told by the very people who experience them. Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. And we're the hosts of the Homespun Haints podcast. We talk to people just like you who've come face to face with ghosts, demons, haints, and other strange paranormal phenomena. All of it makes for a chilling good time. So grab yourself a sweet tea. Turn off the lights and listen to some eerie, true ghost stories on Homespun Haints, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm not scared. Are you? Hello, believers, non-believers, and everyone in between. You're listening to Stories with Sapphire. I am Sapphire Sandalo. Now get cozy and open your mind because it's story time. This is a member of my Patreon, who we will call Charlie. He mentioned that he, a devout Christian, recently had an experience with witchcraft that confounded him. The practice is called spirit keeping, which I wasn't familiar with. So, of course, I wanted to learn more. Here is Charlie's story of how he gained a companion on the other side and how it changed his life. So I grew up just a normal, normal parents, you know, very Christian, very religious. So it was always like, we believe in God, we believe in demons, but like ghosts, spirits, uh, you know, that doesn't exist for some reason, even though we have angels and demons. Anyway, um, I have found this to be pretty common in most Christian families. The definition of supernatural is reserved for things that relate to religious beliefs and things that fall outside of that are not to be dealt with. This is partly why he chose to remain anonymous. No one in his family knows what he's about to share. But my parents are basically like this. They're like, hey, things out there exist. And if you open yourself up to them, they will most likely come in. So growing up, it was kind of like, yeah, things might exist, but we're going to not open up the door. Charlie was always interested in those forbidden subjects. He thought if he could find proof in those, it could only strengthen his religious beliefs. I want to see it to believe it. And it was also like to me with my faith, it's like if I see more stuff, that's like confirmation things are out there. Even though his parents didn't encourage seeking out the paranormal, they still had a few experiences that they shared with Charlie. I came to learn the house I grew up in, my mom would see things in like shadows, usually like around the corners, kind of flitting around. I guess. My mom recently told me this year that um, there is something within the house that will, like, grab her butt, and she will have to tell it to stop. 
and just just weird things like that. You know, those kind of small experiences, hearing those stories kind of just set me on this thing of like, hey, there's got to be something else out there. Charlie finally decided to actively seek answers in October of 2020. He was getting in the Halloween spirit, listening to a lot of spooky podcasts and watching a lot of paranormal TV shows, including the one I'm on, Paranormal Caught on Camera. I saw that one episode that you were in where some dude buys a Dybbuk box out on eBay and then opens it up. A Dybbuk is a wandering soul in Jewish mythology, usually thought to be malicious and capable of possessing human beings. A Dybbuk box is a Jewish wine cabinet that supposedly contains a Dybbuk. They came into popularity in the early 2000s. And I'm like, that is the dumbest thing someone could do. But I'm like, let's check out haunted items on eBay. So I'm looking around and I'm just like, wow, there's a lot of stuff. And then something caught my eye and it was called spirit keeping. From some of the listings on there, it was basically a way to communicate with a spirit, either through like a pendant or a stone or something. And I go, okay, that's interesting because I stay away from demons. I stay away from the summoning crap. I just don't don't need that in my life. And this seemed a little bit safer. So, you know, at night when you just kind of go on a Reddit hole and you just keep diving into the internet. And that's kind of what led me to research this stuff. And so spirit keeping, surprisingly, has a really interesting background where it's it's become a thing in the last 20 years. It's the evolution of Victorian seances and before that calling spiritual ancestors, speaking with the dead back to the Romans when they would try to seek out witches to talk to their ancestors on how to beat their enemies. And it just has this really cool, rich history. And so basically it works like this. There are a few sellers out there. There's one in particular, Creepy Hollows. I guess they started this about 15 years ago. And they are a group of practitioners, witches, that can communicate with spirits using old texts, things like that. So just stuff that's been passed down. They have the biggest following in like the spirit keeping community. They have big forums people are asking questions they also have a store and so that's where i kind of learned a lot of the stuff the way that spirit keeping was explained basically is that it's a friendship it's either a way for you to communicate with someone as a friend or to ask for guidance and and just kind of have a, have a ghost buddy i guess you know something like that and so I was like, okay, that like sounds cool. It sounds like, you know, if this is a hoax, it's not going to be very expensive. You know, if this is complete BS, then I'll, I'll be fine. There's different spirits. So there's white arts, dark arts, and black arts. Black arts is the stuff you never touch. A good practitioner never touches that. White arts are things that can only do good. And dark arts is what we are as humans. We have choices to make either good or bad. You know, it's the most human-like of the spirits. So I tried it the first time and I got a bad seller. So that was just a wash. But the second one was someone that has been practicing for 25 years in a coven with different witches. And I emailed back and forth a little bit and they were extremely nice and kind of explained where I was at. And I don't want to get into something too crazy. And they were like, okay. So they recommended a spirit type. And I said, okay, sure, let's try this out. I'm really curious. I, I just want something to happen. I want to believe in something. So I placed my order, and um, basically you have a choice of what vessel to be in. I chose a stone. And so there's a few things. So the spirit that I chose, I went for dark arts. And the week that it took for the spirit to be mailed, 
I started getting these just really bad headaches, like just really just painful bad headaches, and I and I don't have very many of those. And I did some reading up later on, and during the time where they call the spirit in and you're basically in some essence connected, you can start feeling things, and headaches is something that happens a lot. And I didn't know about that. You know, this is stuff that in hindsight that I learned about. It's not like I was thinking of something and I was kind of creating a scenario in my mind. I, I just was kind of oblivious to it. So my spirit comes in the mail and it was like unwrapping a gift at Christmas. It was really exciting. And I opened it up and I placed the stone in my hand and it was the weirdest thing where it was just shivers and goosebumps like down my entire body. Like this thing was like pulsating power which is really, really, really weird. I haven't felt anything like that in my life. And so basically when you get your spirit, you do this little thing where you light a candle for it and you kind of go into this bonding thing where you offer the candle as like, hey, here you go, you're welcome, thanks for coming in and everything like that. And during this time you set like house rules. So basically you write down things that you do and do not want it to do. Um, and so me being a scaredy cat, I wrote down a lot of rules because <laughs> I'm kind of like, you know, don't move things. Don't scare me. Please don't see my other family. This is something incredibly private to myself. I'm not telling anyone about. And so I did. And so you get a piece of paper from the person that was selling it that tells you the spirit's name and just offerings for it. And I did those. It was the middle of the night and I started hearing some footsteps, things like that, which was just kind of strange. I was like, all right, I'm just getting too riled up. It's Halloween, whatever. So I go downstairs, I get a glass of water. And I am just standing out there, just kind of like at our balcony here. I'm sitting in a balcony right now. And then all of a sudden, like, this owl flies right at my glass and lands on our house. We've had owls in the neighborhood, but, like, I've never had one fly directly at our glass, stop, and then just sit on the roof, like, right where the window is. My mom has, like, a lot of owls around the house, too. And I don't know what that is. I kind of asked her, and she was like, oh, in the 70s, owls were big, and I really like them. And then people just started buying me owls. So I grew up with a lot of owls around, and that was kind of weird. I didn't know if there was any significance there. And it happened, like, 30 minutes after that happened. And I learned that same night, because we go back and forth with my in-laws, an owl went to their house. It got stuck in their house, which was really interesting. And it all happened, like, around 2 a.m., so I'm like, oh, whatever, you know. And I also don't know what an owl means. So when we're walking our daughter and we're out and stuff like that, there was an owl in our tree for a couple weeks, just hooting every night. I would see the owl and hear the owl. Um, it was just hanging around our house. I don't know if that's connected, but it's something that happened. My episode about owls with Mike Cleland hadn't been released yet when I interviewed Charlie, so he wasn't aware of the spiritual significance. These powerful birds are messengers and can appear to us during transformative times in our lives to warn us of the big changes that are to come. Their seemingly out-of-nowhere appearance can challenge our beliefs. I feel like this marked the moment when things would never be the same again for Charlie. So what do you do next? What you basically do is you sit down and you meditate you can hold the stone, you can have the stone next to you, and I would just have a lot of energy, like a lot of shivers down my spine, a lot of things like that. So I reached out to the practitioner and I was like, hey, is this normal? 
She was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. So I kind of did a few experiments where I didn't have it in the room with me. I didn't feel anything. I kind of like tried to recreate it to be like, all right, is this just my mind making things up? But no, every time I'd hold this thing, I would feel something. Before I became a podcaster and paranormal investigator, I used to be a full-time animator and character designer, and podcasts kept me company while I drew, especially paranormal podcasts. One of my favorites was Jim Harold's Campfire. I would actually be shocked if you hadn't heard of it because it's one of the OGs. In fact, it recently celebrated its 13th anniversary. But if you haven't heard of it, it's a call-in show where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories with Jim every week. The story topics range from ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, and stories that can't be categorized. You're listening to my show right now, so I know that you love non-fictional paranormal stories. Stories involving the serial killer Ted Bundy, or a man who owned a haunted hotel. And also heartwarming stories of deceased loved ones coming back to say hello. Jim Harold's Campfire was a huge inspiration for me. So do me a personal favor and tune in to Jim Harold's Campfire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to Stories with Sapphire. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Your vessel is like a telephone. Um, when you have it, that's your way of communication. It doesn't live in the vessel. It doesn't live in the stone. It just, it's the telephone. It's its cell phone. And so, yeah, uh, I asked like, hey, you know, we have this special Halloween coming up. It's this full moon. And I know that's something special within the witchcraft and spiritual world. And I said, is there anything I should do? And the practitioner emailed me back and was like, sure, leave it under the moonlight. This is a very special moon. There's very special energy in it. And me being like a white dude, I don't know anything about the priorities of the moon. And, you know, I've done some research and it's a little bit more than that. And I did that. And then this is when started to get really interesting after I did that. At this point, Charlie had already let the spirit know that they were free to communicate with him through his dreams. Half thinking like, all right, this is like snake oil. I'm just making this stuff completely up in my mind. And this is what cements it. To preface this, I do not really have any nightmares. Like, I 1% have nightmares. And I do not remember my dreams. So I'm in this dream. And it's my birthday weekend. And um, my friend comes to see me. And it's a perfect recreation of my house. Like, the floor plan is exact. So my friend is talking to me. And someone that we've been talking over Zoom for my birthday... And he walks out of the room. And so I walk around and then I see another friend. I go, hey, have you seen my friend? And he goes, yeah, your friend's not in this house. There's no one here. And at that point of time, I remember feeling this dread, like this complete dread of something is copying itself to look like someone else. And so I wake up and that was creepy. And I go, "Okay, whatever. I get a drink of water and I go back to bed. And then the weirdest thing happens is the dream continues. 
And in this dream, at this point, I'm taking a shower, and I just know something's watching me. And I kind of like slowly pull back the curtain. And right in front of me is, it sounds so weird, is a direct copy of me, six inches from my face, just staring at me. Not breathing, just staring. And I'm asking it to go away, and it's not budging. And then I was like, all right, let's try this. I was like, in Jesus' name, can get out of here. And the thing is gone. And so I get out of the shower. I'm freaked out. I walk into the other room. And there it is again, like huddled in the corner in like a fetal position. And I do the same thing again and ask it to leave. And it leaves. And so in my dream, I go downstairs. I tell everyone about that. And I go back up to look around the room. And so I keep the vessel next to my bed. And in my dream, there it was on my bed, but surrounding it, and I don't know the significance of this, but surrounding it were a bunch of black stones perfectly around in a circle, like lined in a circle. And I just pick the thing up and I wake out of my dream. And right when I wake up out of my dream, our daughter starts crying too. And I'm like, that's weird. I go and check on her. A few days later, Charlie shared the odd dream he had with his wife. She goes, that's really weird. I had a strange dream too that night around the same time. And it was a dream where you were leaving me. And it was really, really upsetting to me. So I can only think of these are two things. One, this is the first time I've actually had communication with this thing. Or it's just my imagination. But I'm going to go with I had communication. And it took an appearance that wouldn't scare me. (laughs) So my friend and myself, I guess. I don't know if it was revealing itself to me or it was protecting us because my wife had a really weird dream as well and it seemed to be negative. So there was that. I don't know what the rocks are about. Many black crystals are good for grounding during meditation, providing protection from negative spirits, or expanding your psychic abilities. I wonder if Charlie's spirit had placed those crystals around its vessel as a form of protection during the dream. Protection from what, though? You have to be careful when you first open yourself up that other things might be attracted to you. Charlie messaged his friends about the dream, and one of his friends, we'll call him Len, confessed that he'd been having problems in his sleeping life. He specifically has a shadow or a dark entity that follows him in his dreams and wherever he moves. He'd wake up and have these dreams of this person watching him around corners and following him. And when he, when, he, when he was younger, he had this really interesting experience. I don't know where he was, but he went to a friend's cabin in the woods. And he had this dream of this figure that he said looked like a ringwraith, like a dark, shadowy, cloaked figure. And its intention was deadly. And it chased him around the house like it was going to kill him in his sleep. And he said that he had this dream continuously. He woke up five times that night and had the exact same dream every single time. And he told me really recently, his girlfriend had a dream herself. And in the dream saw this dark cloaked figure standing over his bedside while he was sleeping. Now he has never told his girlfriend about the things that have happened to him. She witnessed this all by herself. And at that time, I'm like, oh, man, this is really weird. I don't know what's going on. These things keep coming up. And one thing that spirits can do is you can task them with helping you with things. And so I tell my spirit, hey, can you help my friend? There's this entity that seems to be following him. Can you get rid of it? Can you do something about it? 
And so a few days happened, and I talked to my friend again, and he was like, nah, I, I haven't had anything lately. It just all of a sudden stopped. <laughs> About, like, three days after I did it, my vessel, my pendant that I keep, just disappears. Like, out of the blue, just gone. I don't really misplace things. It only goes two places, and it just absolutely vanishes. There's only me in the house. Either it was a sign that I had done a crazy task or it needed to go away, um, or I lost it. But all that aside, it just sits one place usually, and that's it. And it just is gone. I asked Charlie if he thought it was his spirit that removed the stone or if something else had removed it because it didn't want him to have it. You bring up an interesting point. And yours is far more creepier than mine. So, you know, that is, ooh. So I talked to the practitioner and asked if they can recall it and rebind it. And they did. And what was really interesting was the original vessel I had was like this deep red stone, really. And, you know, there's a meaning behind the stones. And so the practitioner said the spirit had specifically chosen a stone and that's what they do is they choose the vessel that they're going to be in and so i get back this beautiful white marbled stone completely different from what i had and i look up the stone the stone it chose was like a purification protecting stone and all i can say is maybe it chose that to show hey i'm not scary you don't have to be frightened of me like i'm here to help also the day when i actually got the spirit rebound and sent to me all the power goes out in the room I'm sitting in. <laughs> just specifically in our house, just the area I'm sitting in just goes off. But um, yeah, that's that's all I got. <laughs> Whoa. I had to let everything sink in after he finished his story. I had never heard of spirit keeping, so I found all of it wildly fascinating. Although Charlie seems pretty unsure when we recorded. Sure, hopefully it was interesting, like... No, I... I think my favorite stories come from skeptic believers, the ones who try to debunk their own experiences, but who are also open-minded enough to accept an answer that's difficult to accept. To me, they are the most reliable. Even after all of this, I'm still slightly on the fence. Half of me is like, am I making this up and it's just all connected? And like Charlie, I am also always looking for ways to find proof, and I think he might be a mental intuitive, like me. A mental intuitive, according to this book I'm currently reading by Sherry Dillard, means that we're attracted to knowledge and like to gather data to support what we intuitively believe. Hence, this podcast. So of course, hearing Charlie's story and its positive outcomes made me want to explore spirit keeping myself. I asked Charlie for advice on choosing a practitioner. Yeah, it's like the wild, wild west right now. It's been around, but it's very underground. Like, it's not very popular. So a lot of these sites, you know, were made in the mid-2000s. They kind of look a little janky. You know, you're like, all right, what is, are, am I getting scammed? But the message boards are really interesting. I kind of went on there and I kind of did history. So just by, just just reasoning, kind of looked at who people said were legit and were good sellers and nice. And I messaged both the sellers I tried out. Just to understand who they were, I looked at their bios and just asked questions. And the practitioner I went through, her name is Jamie Blue Jay, and 
they were very nice. They took time to answer my questions. Um, they had their own community of people and message boards. And I kind of just sifted through that just to see what people thought. And, and it seemed overwhelmingly positive that this seller was great. This whole spirit keeping thing is like something within me was very attracted to it. Like I needed to find this out and it felt like something that I really, really wanted to pursue. And I don't know, I just had this feeling that this practitioner was the right one. It just felt good. I don't know how to explain it. It just did. So what is the price of a spirit companion? Okay, so the general price range can be anything. Some people do it for $5. I don't know about that. But I would say a good range is 75 to like 150 it seems like. Again, it kind of was like, I want to try something out during Halloween just for fun. And it became something bigger. You know, the way I look at it is that like, you know, the question is like, hey, does that approach on your religion at all? And I'm just like, no, not like I'm not worshiping anything. I'm just communicating with something else like, as you would communicate with anyone else in your life. You talk to your dog, you talk to your brothers and sisters, friends in life. This is just another thing out there in the ether that you have some sort of relationship with. I paid for someone else to do all the weird stuff. <laughs> you know, I, I took myself out of that and I really do believe like, I do need to be careful because once you open yourself up, there could be unbound spirits and things that come knocking at your house. And that's why they specifically say you might, if you have a spirit, you want to tell them, can you protect the house and let me know if there's something around. So again, those dreams I had, things like that, could have been something was around that got attracted to me kind of opening myself up. Um, or I'm crazy. <laughs> Even if everything truly was just the power of suggestion, Charlie still felt it had a positive impact. I think it satisfied a little bit of me that I believe religiously that there are things out there and it was a confirmation in this very busy life. There are things around us that we're not even aware of, you know. I'm still within the first 60 days of this. They say within the first 175 days is when you really connect to something. So I might even have more updates later on. Have you ever dabbled in spirit keeping? I'd love to hear about your experience with it. Email me at storieswithsapphire at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me today. If you like what you heard and would like to support this independently run show, consider becoming a member of my Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash storieswithsapphire to see the different tiers and perks, like live watch parties or private tarot readings. And don't forget to subscribe to youtube.com slash sapphiresindalo, where I post an animated spooky story every other week. If you'd like to submit a story, send it to storieswithsapphire at gmail.com. Salamat and good night. Stories with Sapphire is created and produced by me, Sapphire Sindalo. Music written by Sapphire Sindalo. For more information on this episode, visit storieswithsapphire.com. <laughs>